Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Because the book of John, the way that it, it tells the account of Jesus' birth is in a way that I think is filled with such purpose. It talks about his birth, his life, and where he was before he even stepped into humanity. And it reads like this. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. From the very beginning, the word was with God. Through him, God made all things. Not one thing in all creation was made without him. So before he was ever here, the word had purpose. The word was the source of life and the life brought light to people. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has never put it out. God sent his messenger, a man named John, who came to tell people about the light so that those should he that they should hear the message and believe. He himself was, was not the light. He came to tell about the light. This was the real light. You guys want to know what the real light was? The light that comes into the world and shines on all people. The word was in the world and through God made the world through him. Yet the, word did not, the world did not recognize him. He came to his own country, but his own people did not receive him. Some, however, did receive him and believed in him. So he gave them the right to become God's children. They did not become God's children by natural means, that is by being born as the children of human father. God himself was their father. The word, you ready? The word became a human being. The source of life became human being and full of grace and truth lived among us we saw his glory the glory which he received as the father's only son john spoke about him he cried out this is the one i was talking about when i said he comes after me but he is greater than i am because he existed before i was born and it continues out of the fullness of his grace, he has blessed us all, giving us one blessing after another. God gave the law through Moses, but grace and truth, and now this word finally has a name, came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only son who is the same as God and is at the father's side. He has made him known. Can you guys bow your heads as I pray? Lord, I, I thank you for this season. I, I thank you that your light, your source of life stepped down into humanity to make you known, Lord. I thank you for the purpose and fulfillment of purpose in Jesus. And I thank you that you have given us all a purpose. I pray today that you may help us all be one step closer in our journey. In your precious name I say, amen. And amen. As I said before, the reason I, I chose this account is because it's the most purposed, packed 
account, and we are talking about purpose. And I think purpose is, is the context which we ought to look at the birth of Jesus. And context is key. Context is super important. I'm going to show you guys how context is important. I've been waiting all week to say this because a lack of context has caused this rumor to spread that Reuben is a bad uncle. Like, like people think I'll be losing kids out here. And here's why. Your pastor has used a story of how one time I lost Bishop Dike. And, and it's an important, he uses it, if you haven't heard the message, kuhao.com slash podcast. You can listen to all of them. It's somewhere there. Um, he, he, he talks about the moment where Bishop was lost and heard the voice of his father and talks about how even though we're lost, we can recognize the voice of our father. It's beautiful and whatever. But in the process, my reputation has been tarnished because we usually try to keep our anecdotes to eight minutes so some details get lost and there's some context that gets misplaced. And I want to give you guys some context because quite frankly, I'm just tired of it. Y'all coming up to me, you never watching my kids. Don't nobody want to watch your kids, all right? I'm going to give you guys some context, and then you be the judge, all right? If this was a movie, we'd flash back to the day Bishop was young. It was years ago. He now serves on our media team. I lead him in youth. Haven't lost him, by the way. We was at a youth retreat. Kept an eye on him. So here's, here's the first detail. One, I was not just watching Bishop. I was watching Bishop and his stepbrothers, Matthew and Marlon. So first of all, statistically, I lost one out of three kids. 66%. My odds are still good. Like, even if I did lose him, we at 66%. That is a high, that's more than 50, right? First context. Second context is this. We were in the mall. The store was about this big. You could see everything. Nobody was there but us. And I had told Bishop three times, yo, we're leaving. We're leaving. He's like, all right, Theo, Rumi, yeah, 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 we're, we're going. And he, never, he just never came. I'm like, all right, fine, fine, whatever. At this point, I'm just going to wait at the entrance. So I waited to the right side of the store. I was at the entrance of the store. And Ro and Lee and Sailor were in the store next door to the right. And after we found Bishop, here's, here's the thing, before we found Bishop, though, I knew when Bishop got lost that it wasn't my fault. But, like, you, like when someone's kids go missing, like, you got to choose between being right and being alive. And so, you know, I'm alive. But I think enough time has passed for me to finally say this. Bishop told us what happened when we found him. And he said that he did finally leave from where he was. And he, when he walked, he didn't see me. Yeah, just so you know, I've been 6'2 since puberty. But he didn't see me. Whatever. He was a kid. And here's, here's the detail. I guess Bishop was not taught the golden rule that I thought everybody knew. I thought, like, from a kid, I was trained. And yo, guys, I got lost a lot as a kid. My head's always been this big. I was like a weebly-wobbly. I would be like, ooh, a toy. Wait, where's my mom? Very easily lost child. I was all the time, all the time. But I knew this one rule. And I bet you guys know this, and it's this. If, thank you, Lisa. Well, that's what I'm talking about. If you can't find me, if you don't see me, you stay there. 
That's it. You're not lost until you move. You move, that's it. Now you're lost. If you stay still, you're just misplaced. The second, the second you do this, right here, right here, the second you go like that, you lost. Lost. I'm going to do it in slow motion. Misplaced. Lo lost. <laughs> Bishop had not been taught this rule. Bishop went, I can't find them. I'm going to leave this nice, safe store where nobody else is. And I'm going to go out and into the mall. And then he didn't go right. He went left. And then... So here, here's what I came to say today. I did not lose Bishop. Bishop lost me. All right? Because you know what I did? I went, all right, I'm going to stay here. And I stood right there for like five minutes. And I was like, all right, let me go tell Ro that his kid got lost. And those were, I didn't say I didn't find Bishop. I said, hey, is Bishop with you? Because he not with me. <laughs> The important context, too, is that I did, and this, this may add, I did decide to do this while I was waiting for him, this phone, man. I was like, let me check my DMs, let me, while I wait, and yeah, 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 well, I can hear the judgment. <laughs> but in the same way that these details give you more of an informed view, I mean, you probably still agree I'm a horrible uncle um, at the end of the day, right? Like, you're still the adult. <laughs> Uh, you might think it's my fault, but at least you now have more context to go off of. And I just think that purpose is the most important piece of context that we need to look through when we're looking at the birth of Jesus. Can, can I give you the context of his purpose? It says in John, the word became a human being and full of grace lived among us. That's what he did. That's what we celebrate. We celebrate that we saw his glory, the glory which he received as the father's son. But here's the purpose. It says, out of the fullness of his grace, he blessed us, giving us one blessing after another. God gave the law through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only son who is the same as God and is at the father's side. He has made him known. Now, Jesus' birth, if it was just a birth, would have been miraculous. Uh, it would have been cool. It would have been it would have been great, something worthy of celebration. But what makes it spectacular, what makes it so significant, is that his life fulfilled his purpose. The life that Jesus lived fulfilled his purpose. And his purpose, it says he did three things. He gave us blessing after blessing. We can live blessed lives because of him. It said he gave us that the law came through Moses, but through Jesus, we can receive grace and we receive truth. And here's the last thing he did. He made the father know. And what's so amazing about that purpose is there's a byproduct because in making fa the father known, he restores us to our original purpose. Because in the book of Genesis, in the beginning, when God forms man and woman, he creates them with purpose. He places them with dominion over this earth. And here's the purpose. He also lives in relationship with them and he walks in the garden with him. But what happens is, is sin, since sin, 
humanity began to live under the continual promise of the serpent. What does the serpent say? He says, if you eat of the fruit, you will be like God. And we see man trying again and again to overcome God through the Tower of Babel. It gets to the point that in the book of Judges, at the end of every chapter, it says, this is at a time that Israel had no God. That's some charged language, had no God. God didn't stop existing, but they lived as if he did. And man did what was right in his own eyes. And Jesus comes, a God who was supposed to be seen and walk in the garden with humanity, has no longer been seen. And Jesus comes and makes him known. And in doing so, we can now fulfill our purpose because our purpose has been restored. And it's because Jesus' life is so deeply intertwined with the purpose of our lives that I want to look at his life to show you this, the power of your purpose and what it will do for you when you discover yours. The reason that is the third step on our journey, the reason that is a, is a step and that is our mission is because we believe that your purpose is powerful. Can you just say that to yourself? Say, my purpose, my purpose. is powerful. Can I show you how today? <clears throat> Can I show you how today? Uh, if y'all say no, I'm a, I'm a, I got what I wanted. Y'all know I ain't lose bishop. <laughs> bishop lost who? Me. Thank you. Amen. It's the anointing. <laughs> uh, the first way we see pow the power of purpose manifest in Jesus' life uh, the first way that I want to look at is, is in John chapter 4, verses 28 through 34. Uh, he, there's this interaction with the woman at the well. Well, a lot of us know this story. In John chapter 4, it says, Then the woman left her water jar, went back to the town and said to the people, Come and see the man who told me everything I have ever done. Could he be the Messiah? So they left town and went to Jesus. In the meantime... The disciples were begging Jesus, teacher, have something to eat. He says, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. And they, they, they start to talk about them uh, amongst themselves. It says they start asking, can somebody have brought him food? And he says, my food is to obey the will of the one who sent me and to finish the work he gave me to do. The first, the first way in which your purpose is powerful is that your purpose will satisfy you. And so many of us live, I think, unsatisfied lives. I, I remember Rick Warren saying that the most searched question was, what on earth am I here for? And so many of us are chasing after satisfaction, but finding your purpose, we see Jesus Literally, it says right before his encounter with the, this woman at the well, it says he had to go to Samaria. It doesn't say why. It doesn't say if something happened, if there was a traffic jam, if ways rerouted. It just said he had to go through Samaria. And this is where he encounters this woman. And when it picks up, when he encounters this woman, he's literally doing his, his mission. He's setting this woman free. He tells her her entire life. It's an amazing uh, a story if you haven't heard of it. He, he's, he changes her life to the point that she's now running and telling people about him. He's fulfilling his purpose and when people offer him food that he's so on mission that his physical being is satisfied. And church, you were designed 
for a purpose. You were not just put here on earth. You're so designed for a purpose that even if we look at something like work, just being productive, studies have shown that people who retire and do nothing, their lifespan shortens drastically. So if you're here and you're retired, it's the best thing for a person who's retired is to find work, find something meaningful. It doesn't have to be big. And that's just on, because work can be work. It doesn't have to be purposeful. That's just on being productive. Can you imagine purpose? We were designed to do something. And that's why when we live our lives on purpose, we find the deepest wells of our soul satisfied. We find ourselves rejecting other things that won't satisfy us. And we see the disciples offering him food and he's like, no, I've got everything that I need in fulfilling my purpose. Because your purpose is what satisfies you. And, and, and here's the thing, uh, as I was preparing this message, I had this thought, I feel like there's a lot of us who have discovered our purpose and we're doing our purpose, but there's some level of unsatisfaction that we still have. And here's the thought that I had, I feel like, so often in life, you can be doing what you're designed to do, but not where you were designed to do it. And I love that it says Jesus had to go to Samaria because it was where he needed to be doing what he needed to do in which he then says this statement, my food, the food that I have, you know nothing about. It's in doing what we need to do, where we need to do it, that when those two align, we can find the most satisfaction for our souls. I could just be using my giftings to be a motivational speaker. I could go full Tony Robbins. And it'd be great, it'd be fun, but I know in my heart of hearts, I would not be fulfilled. Because the first day that I preached ever, I remember feeling a joy I never felt before. I remember feeling a happiness that I didn't know existed and I thought I was happy. It's not like, I, it, like you know, when you find Jesus, that, that's, but I, I was living, I was going to church, I was in relationship, but it was the day that I fulfilled my purpose. I was just like, I can do this all day. Your purpose will satisfy you Here's Jesus doing his purpose, finding satisfaction. But here's, here's what else purpose does. In, in Mark 14, it says, they came to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him, distress and anguish. If you've ever dealt with distress and anguish, this point right here is for you came over him and he said to them, the sorrow in my heart is so great that it almost crushes me. If you've ever dealt with sorrow in your heart that was so great that it almost crushed you, this point right here is for you. He says, stay here and keep watch. He went a little farther, threw himself on the ground and prayed that if it possible, he might not have to go through that time of suffering. This is Jesus. Literally the next few verses are Judas comes, betrays him, and then it's the crucifixion, the chains, the whipping, the, the, the suffering. He says, Father, he prayed, my Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup of suffering away from me, yet not what I want, but what you want. Then he returned and found three, the three disciples asleep. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Weren't you able to stay awake for even one hour? 
He said to them, keep watch and pray that you will not fall into temptation. He says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And I think he could have been talking to them, but I, I think there was an area that was talking to what he was going through in that moment. And he says, it says this, and I think this is crazy. He says, he went away once more and prayed, saying the same words, Jesus. It's there. Could you imagine being Jesus about to take on the sufferings of this world and saying essentially, Lord, if I can do this without having to do this, please make a way. But nevertheless, as much as I don't want it, as much as my heart doesn't want to, as weak as the, the flesh is, nevertheless, not my will, your will. Not my desire, your desire. Not my purpose, your purpose for my life. And I look at that and I see this, your purpose will sustain you. In the moments when you're weakest, I've, I've had so many moments where this gap right here, it's so hard to close the distance between your heart and your mind. What I know to do and what I want to do, for some reason, I can never get them to line up. And in the process of that time, because it, it does happen as long as you continue, what has sustained me is knowing my purpose, is knowing my calling, is praying prayers in my weakest moments and saying, Lord, not my will, but yours. Lord, not my weakness, but your strength. Lord, not my failure, but your victory. Lord, not my power, but your power. It's been purpose in knowing that I'm called. You know how many? Um, I'm about to be a pastor moments. I've had, like, I'm, I'm waiting for the bus, and the bus guy drives right past me. And then the next week, I see the same bus driver, and I'm like, I'm a pastor. Purpose will save you in those moments. In the silly moments and in the deepest moments, Jesus is literally saying, Lord, if there's a way for me to not go through this, and it's him reminding himself of the Father's will that gets him through. When you discover your purpose and you live on purpose, you find that it sustains you. And the reason I believe it sustains you is because purpose is the foundation to your principles. Principles without purpose are, are ideals. We, we have some principles here at Kuha. One of our core values is that we give generously, but it's not something we've just written down. It's something we truly believe, and we have so many avenues of purpose. We do the United Cerebral Palsy Outreach every year. We do this Sunday, Sunday service every Sunday. There's so many things that, that I know when I give to this church are tied to purpose. And so giving generously is nothing for me. The, the end of the year offering, when pastor presented it to the leaders, I was like, how can I give more? Because I know I'm not just giving to give for the sake of giving. I know that there's a purpose here. I know that I'm a testament of this purpose. Dyron is a testament of this purpose. Joe and Dyron just gave their testimonies. There's a testament of what happens when I give generously. That's why we do the creed every time we give because we believe that that core value is girded by purpose. And it's when we live by purpose that it sustains us. I don't want to give every time. I, get two, I got two jobs now. I get two checks. I'm like, can I just tithe off the one? No. Purpose. Here's the final point. Jesus fulfills his purpose 
And it's not in the life of Jesus, but it's in the aftermath of his life that we see this final power of your purpose. When you live your purpose, it will satisfy you, it will sustain you, but here's what else it does. And it's found in Acts chapter two. Acts is literally the first book after the gospels, after the account of Jesus. And this is the first time we see the gospel being declared. And what happens is, is uh, uh, there's a gathering and people start to speak in tongues and onlookers, other Jews are like, well, what's going on here? Are they drunk? And Peter, Peter rises up and he says this, Listen to these words, fellow Israelites. Jesus of Nazareth was a man whose divine authority was clearly proven to you by all the miracles and wonders which God performed through him. You yourselves know this, for it happened here among you in accordance with his own plan. God had already decided that Jesus would be handed over to you, and you killed him by letting sinful men crucify him. But God raised him from death, setting free from the, from the power from its power because it was impossible that death should hold him prisoner for david said about him i saw the lord before me at all times he is near me and i will not be troubled and so i am filled with gladness and my words are full of joy and i mortal though i am will rest assured in hope because you will not abandon me in the world of the dead you will not allow your faithful servant to rot in the grave you have shown me the paths that lead to life and your presence will fill me with joy my friends I must speak to you plainly about our famous ancestor, King David. He died and was buried and his grave is here with us to this very day. He was a prophet and he knew what God had promised him. God had made a vow that he would make one of David's descendants a king, just as David was. David saw that what God was doing to going to do in the future and so he spoke about the resurrection of the messiah when he said he was not abandoned in the world of the dead his body did not rot in, rot in the grave god has raised this very jesus from death and we are all witnesses to this fact he has been raised to the right side of god his father and his father and has received from him the holy spirit as he had promised what you now see and hear is this gift. This speaking in tongues, this people going crazy, this worship every Sunday. What you now see and hear is the gift that he has poured out on us. For it was not David who went up into heaven. Rather, he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit here at my right side until I put your enemies as a footstool under your feet. All the people of Israel then are to know for sure that this Jesus, whom you crucified, is the one that God has made Lord and Messiah. Fulfilled purpose is what Peter describes. Jesus fulfilled his purpose. And here's their response. When the people heard this, they were deeply troubled and said to Peter and the others, what shall we do? And he said to them, each one of you must turn away from your sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus so that your sins will be forgiven and you will receive God's gift, the Holy Spirit. For God's promise was made to you and your children and to all who are far away. All whom the Lord calls to himself 
Jesus fulfills his purpose. And now here Peter. Peter, the guy we, we talk about who, who, who sunk when walking on water. Never mind the fact that I would have been one of the disciples in the boat. The Peter, we, we talk about how he cut the disciples, uh, the, the, the soldier's ear off. We, we talk about how he denied Jesus. And we always talk about the redemption and how Jesus still loved him. But this is Peter who is now the first person fulfilling the purpose that Jesus gave them which was to go out into the world and make disciples. My, my, my point to you is this, your purpose will spread to others. Jesus fulfills his purpose. Peter is now fulfilling his purpose, but it doesn't stop there because in fulfilling his purpose, people say, what, what should we do? And he, he leads them to Jesus. And everybody in this room is a direct byproduct of that legacy. In our Christian history, there's some atrocities that have been committed in the name of Jesus. But there's also been people who have been faithful to the gospel and not man's agenda. And because there have been people who have continuously spread the love of Jesus to person after person, we stand here on the shoulders of those giants. Everyone here is here because of an invite. Because people lived in their purpose. The woman at the well, even, without even knowing what her purpose was, just in an encounter from Jesus, goes and spreads the gospel. Which if you're here and you don't know what your purpose is, the general purpose for every believer, every believer, there's specific purposes. I'm not called to sing. I'm sure not called to sing. Oh, the, anyway. But we all who believe have a general purpose, which is to go and make disciples. The specifics we help you discover in growth track, the specifics we work with you. We, we, we believe it's our mission to connect you to your purpose. This woman is now fulfilling Without even being told, Jesus doesn't say go get people. She goes and gets people just because purpose is that contagious. And if we want to change this world, we've got to be on our purpose to ignite others to be on the same mission, on the same purpose, connected to the same God, meeting these four steps. We got about 100 members, a little bit over, that call Kuhau home. And I can proudly say that because of purpose, this world is a hundred people different, a hundred people better. And it started because thousands of years ago, a man named Jesus in a garden said, nevertheless, not my will, your will. But then years later, this, this 18 year old kid, is at a youth conference and, and he's not even there for him he's, he's, he's there because he's chasing girls and he hears the voice of God call him to his purpose and he says Rolando there will be people who will not hear my gospel because it did not come out of your lips and from that day forth he said yes never ne 
despite his will. He said yes to God's will. And 19 years later, almost two decades of just pressing on to his purpose through divorce, through things taken away from him, through no matter how difficult it has gotten, he said yes to his purpose. And there are now 100 members here who have said yes to their purpose. That is the power of your purpose. That is how contagious your purpose is. That is how we will change this world. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.